0: Welcome back everyone, it's hard to believe we are already in November, and the year will be coming to an end very quickly. With the new month, it's time to dust off my stock screener, and take a look at the top 10 high yield dividend stocks for the current month. I've been seeing more questions recently, asking how I use this watch list, so I figured I would start this episode by addressing this topic. When I started running this list 2 years ago, the initial plan was to invest in all of the ideas it produced, but this quickly proved to be a rather inefficient process. To date, there have been 66 unique stocks that have appeared on my high-yield list. In addition to this watches, I run a few other screeners throughout the month. If I chose to invest in all of the stocks my screeners present, I would have a very large portfolio. By large, I mean the number of individual holdings and not market value. Today, I mainly use this watches, as well as my other watches, for ideas. I review the stocks that appear on the list each month to see if any companies that I don't currently own show up. And then I start doing more research on the company to see if it's something I may possibly be interested in owning in my portfolio. I also look at the companies that I already own from the list, to see if any of them look more attractive compared to the last time I looked at them. So essentially this top 10 list is just a starting list of ideas for my research for the month. Sometimes it leads to me adding a new position in my portfolio, sometimes I double down on a position I already own, and sometimes it doesn't influence my investments for the month at all. I do track two hypothetical buy-and-hold portfolios that include all of the stocks from the top 10 list, and this is mainly just to see how such an investing approach would work. I also track the performance of this watch list to see how it compares to VYM and SPY. I personally think the buy-and-hold results are more meaningful, and the individual watch returns may struggle when measured against the benchmark. The process I use to create the top 10 list aims to find high-quality companies that are attractively valued right now, as a result, these companies oftentimes are out of favor compared to the broad market, which means that it could take some time before they will generate a meaningful return. What this means is that individual multi watchers' returns can and have been weaker than broad market ETFs. Over the past two years, 50 out of the 66 stocks that have appeared in the top 10 list have positive total returns, as measured from each stock's first appearance, and on average they are up about 30%. All 66 stocks have an average total return of about 18%. To me, these are pretty decent results, considering all the red we have seen in the market this year. Okay, so let me talk about the top 10 list for November 1st. Then I'll explain exactly how this list is put together. I'll talk about the buy and hold portfolios, and I'll wrap up by going over the total returns for all 66 past and present watches stocks. For the month of November, we have T. Rowe, Skyworks Solutions, Morgan Stanley, Best Buy, and Advanced Auto Parts. I own each of these stocks in my personal portfolio. Next, we have Paramount Global, FedEx, and American Tower Group. I do not currently own these three stocks. Next we have Texas Instruments that is one of my holdings. And the final stock this month is Truist Financial that I do not own. So I own 6 out of the top 10 stocks from the November list. And the 4 stocks I do not own are not brand new to the top 10 list, as each of these stocks has appeared here in the past. The average dividend yield for these 10 stocks is 3.78%, and collectively they look about 47% undervalued based on dividend yield theory. All will have a very good payout ratio except for American Tower Group. However, given that it's a REIT, a 90% payout ratio is expected and normal. The 5-year dividend growth rate has been strong across the board, with Paramount having the weakest growth rate of 8.79%. Best Buy and Paramount offer the most attractive dividend yields, both above 5%. Tiro and Truist look nice as well, right around 4.5%. Morgan Stanley, Advanced Auto Parts, and Texas Instruments are all in the 3-4% range. And Skyworks, FedEx, and American Tower Group are on the lower end, all sitting below 3%. I am not your common dividend investor, in the sense that I do not require my dividend stocks to have a certain level of yield to warrant an investment. This may seem counterintuitive in a dividend investing strategy, since most dividend investors are drawn to this style of investing by the promise of passive cash flow. I like passive cash flow just as much as anyone. However, given that the bulk of my dividend stocks sit in tax-deferred and tax-exempt accounts, I cannot access this cash flow for another 20 plus years without paying a penalty. Therefore, my primary focus is not on the current dividend yield, but on dividend growth and a strong total return. Since the bulk of my dividend stocks are in tax-deferred accounts, once I do reach the age where I can tap into this capital, and if I desire a higher dividend yield, it will not be difficult to transition my portfolio to higher-yielding stocks, I try not to let the current dividend yield of a stock be a factor in my decision to invest or not. That being said, I do compare the current dividend yield to the trailing dividend yield, to see if a stock is attractive in terms of valuation. The Top 10 High Yield Dividend Stock Watchlist is a rules-based stock screening process that I run every month. I like this process because it helps me narrow in on 30 to 40 stocks that meet my minimum criteria. I then further narrow this list down to just the top 10, which is a manageable number of stocks to look at each month, especially considering that I have multiple lists that I prepare each month in addition to this one. The process starts the same way each month. I run a stock screener I have saved in my Schwab brokerage account that produces a short list of companies that match the following criteria a market cap of at least $10 a dividend yield of at least 2.75%, a payout ratio smaller than 100%, an S&P earnings and dividend ranking of B or better, a wide or narrow economic moat, an exemplary or standard management team, and a positive 3- and 5-year dividend growth rate, revenue growth rate, and earnings growth rate. For the month of November, the screener generated 38 unique dividend stocks. The next step is to rank all 38 companies based on quality and value. For quality, I look at the payout ratio, the moat, stewardship, the 3 and 5 year dividend revenue and EPS growth rates, and the return on capital For value, I look at the potential undervaluation for each stock using dividend yield theory The next step is to combine both ratings to find the best combination of quality and value Once I have all the stocks sorted based on this ranking, the final step is to compute an estimated future rate of return I do this by taking the 5 year earnings growth forecast with a 25% margin of safety Combined with the current dividend yield and a 5 year annualized return to fair value based on dividend yield theory. And the final step is to go down the list and select the top 10 stocks that have a minimum future return estimate of at least 12%. This month, three companies were skipped over as they didn't meet the 12% return estimate test. They were Goldman Sachs, Selenese, and BlackRock. These return estimates are just estimates. I don't actually expect any of these companies to hit these rates of return, especially in the short term. I mainly use them as a tool in my screening process. The 12% threshold is my personal target rate of return. I would like to see my portfolio grow at this rate of return over the long term. The thought process is, if I screen for companies that have the potential to meet or exceed this rate of return, I should on average have a decent chance of hitting my goal. Okay, so what if I did hypothetically invest in all of the top 10 stocks each month? How would such a strategy work out? I have been tracking two of these buy and hold portfolios. One started in January of 2021, and the other in January of 2022. The 2021 portfolio currently has 48 unique dividend stocks, with the largest position being 6.02% of the portfolio, and the lowest just 0.32%. This portfolio had a return of 9.69% in October, which was better than SPY that returned 8.13%. But it wasn't better than VYM that rocked a cool 12.23% return last month. Since inception, this portfolio has an annualized rate of return of 12.93%, that is 1.22% better than VYM and 9.74% better than SPI, So it's performing quite nicely, although much of the alpha over VYM was built in 2021. The portfolio had a strong return in 2021 of 32.97%. In 2022, it is down 6.02% through month in October, which isn't too terrible given SPY is down 17.73% this year. VYM is actually performing very well this year, as it's only down 2.93% through October and has a decent shot to finish the year in the green, if the October rally can continue for a little longer. The portfolio started in 2022 isn't doing as well. It returned 8.8% in October, which was better than SPY, but 3.43% worse than VYM. Year-to-date this portfolio is down 10.55%, which is 7.62% worse than VYM, but 7.19% better than SPY. Even though the gap to VYM is pretty large, at more than 7%, I think in the long run this portfolio will start to generate more alpha. After all, investing in undervalued dividend stocks is a long-term strategy that requires a good deal of patience for valuations to revert back to long-term averages. Okay, let's take a look at the long-term results for all 66 past and present watcher stocks now. Let me preface this by disclosing that this list didn't start out as a top 10 list. For the first full year, I presented all of the stocks that passed my initial screening process. And starting in November of 2021, I trimmed the list to just the top 10. For the 2021 buy and hold portfolio, I did go back and retroactively selected the top 10 stocks for each month. So the best stock on the watches thus far has been Principal Financial Group, with a total return of 142.42% over the last 24 months. Principal is also the only stock on this list to top the 100% return threshold. In second place we have General Dynamics that is very close to 100% return, sitting at 99.54% also over the past 24 months. The next closest returns are still pretty far away from the coveted 3-digit percentage return. CVS and MTB are both in the 70% range. Bank of Montreal is at 67.31%. Huntington Bank shares, Toronto Dominion and Progressive are all above 50%. Merck, Lockheed, Pepsi, Kellogg, General Mills, Royal Bank of Canada and Paychex are all above 40%. Then we have 7 stocks above the 30% range. Sempra Energy, JP Morgan, Cisco, State Street, Amgen, Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce and Campbell Soup. And 7 more stocks that are above 20%. Mellon Bank, Bank of Nova Scotia, TC Energy, Southern, Enterprise Products Partners, Cummins, and Atmos Energy. And seven more stocks that are above 10%. Philip Morris, Evergy, US Bank, Excel Energy, Truist, Northern Trust, and DTE Energy. Which leaves us with 14 stocks that have single digit returns CMS Energy, Snap on, Home Depot, Rogers Communications, FedEx, Broadcom, Texas Instruments, BlackRock, WEC Energy, Comerica, Darden. Skyworks, Kimberly Clark, and Alliant Energy. And finally, we have 16 stocks that are still in the red since first appearing on this watch list. Four stocks are down less than 10%. American Tower Group, Restaurant Brands, Advanced Auto Parts, and Clorox. Five more are down less than 20%. Morgan Stanley, Comcast, 3M, Hasbro, and UPS. Four more are down less than 30%. Digital Realty Trust, Blackstone, Franklin Resources, and Tiro Price Group. And the final three are down just a little more than 30%. Best Buy, Intel, and Paramount Global. Maybe you noticed, but in case you didn't, many of the stocks that appeared on the November watch list are the ones further down on the total return list. And this makes sense, since the objective of this watch list is to find stocks that are high quality but also undervalued today. As a result, this list oftentimes catches stocks on the way down, and most of them start out near the bottom of the total return list. If we compare the average duration since joining the watch list, the 16 stocks with negative total returns have been on the watch list for an average of 13 months while the 50 stocks with positive total returns have been on the watchlist for an average of 19 months. The top half of these stocks in terms of total return have not appeared in the top 10 list for at least 7 months now, probably because they don't rank as well in terms of valuation today. I share this process and this watchlist with you to give you an idea of how I find interesting investment ideas. I'm not advocating for any of these stocks or my process, as I know it is far from perfect, but it works well for me. I hope you were able to find value in this content.